You're listening to the Down the Pub podcast, Canada's premier football show. Head to downthepub.ca to subscribe so you never miss an episode. Welcome to this bonus episode of the Down the Pub podcast. In this episode, we're talking UFC. Uh, last week saw Khabib versus Gaethje. Um, afterwards, Khabib announced his retirement from the UFC. Uh, we got the views of five fans, Kenneth Flood, Jimmy Best, Steve Steele, and Down the Pub regular, Chris Searle. Uh, don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Down the Pub Pod and on Twitter at Down the Pub Pod C1. Head to downthepub.ca to subscribe so you never miss a show. Now, here's the lads. Welcome to this bonus episode of the Down the Pub podcast. In this episode, we're talking UFC. Uh, last week saw Khabib versus Gaethje. Um, afterwards, Khabib announced his retirement from the UFC. Uh, we got the views of five fans, Kenneth Flood, Jimmy Best, Steve Steele, and Down the Pub regular, Chris Searle. Uh, don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Down the Pub Pod and on Twitter at Down the Pub Pod C1. Head to downthepub.ca to subscribe so you never miss a show. Now, here's the lads. So, uh, welcome to this UFC after fight, post fight rundown with the, with the lads who got all their predictions incredibly wrong. So, with us, we have. Yeah, you did. Uh, Jimmy Best. Uh, we have Steve Steele from the Armchair Commentary. We have Kenneth Flood from Lockdown in, in Ireland. And we have Chris Sarah with us. Welcome to the show, guys. Thanks. Please entertain me. <laughs> <laughs> What's happening, fellas? Go fuck yourself. <laughs> so, uh, so, so, obviously, like the big news, like... The fight was obviously a big, a big news story, but obviously the big news is is that the main man has announced his retirement. Uh, how 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 real do you think that is, Jimmy? With Khabib, I, I think it's really real. Like uh, the guy's made more money than he would ever need. He's going to be taken care of as a hero of Dagestan for the rest of his life. So. Unless something huge comes up, I I can't see him going back on that. And uh, kind of what does this mean for the division? Um, well, the lightweight division is still a stacked division. The ones below it, like the Feathers and Bantam and and Floyd, you know, you, you probably have to think who's the champ there, who's the top five there. But with the the lightweight division, it's stacked full of guys that we know and want to watch. Khabib's beat most of them. <laughs> There's no one else there for him. I do believe that he's retired because he's he said it. Um, he's not one to try and use as a negotiating tool to try and get more money because, as was said already, like he's got more money than he can he's ever going to spend in Dagestan. What's he going to spend on more bears and forty cats? Like he's never going to go go fly down in waters. It was not his style. So I definitely believe that he's retired, and now we're going to have to see who's going to replace him. Well, he's done it right. We've got a perfect. Well, so just so you know, we don't have any like Dagestan racism on the show here, okay? So like they don't just have bears and hats, all right, man. So like just calm yourself down there, okay? You're a Shin you're, you're a Shin Fein counselor. You should know better than no, that. No. Okay, so uh, <laughs> so Steve, what what what's his legacy? Like, what's he leaving behind him? Um, 
destruction and dominance. Like, <laughs> what, did, what, 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 what did I say in the group chat before? I'm like, Khabib via Khabibing in round one. I was off for like two minutes. It was one of my favorite quotes the of the round. whole night. Like, I even yeah, it, it, a couple it, it, times at work. I was like, this is Khabib Khabibing, not my it, quote, because they were like, I'm stealing that. <laughs> it's what he did. He He's relentless. He pressured him, and he beat the shit out of him, and then he broke him, and then he choked him. Like, it was just like, it, it was literally like a Dom, like S&M situation. He beat him so badly and so easily and routinely. Like, Gagey hit him a few times, but like, I, you guys were all picking Gagey. Like, a lot of you guys picked them. I remember looking at that. I'm like, you guys are you guys are really just on that hope crack, aren't you? Like just smoking all the hope crack. Like, oh, you want something exciting to happen so bad that you're like, Khabib's gonna lose. I'm like, this guy is not beating Khabib. Like nobody in that division was beating that man. The only way you were gonna beat that guy was if like he just like, ah, you know what? I think I'm just gonna like do blow and bang hookers and not train for the next six months and I'll fight somebody on short notice. So that, that was the only way he was ever gonna lose. He'd still you know, I watched the video of him I watched the video of him wrestling a bear and he's like he he's shooting a double leg on a bear and he's like eight years old and he's out grappling a bear and they're like, oh yeah, but this Gaichi guy, he was a high school wrestler. He's gonna be just <laughs> <laughs> I, was like, I was like, you guys are on crack. Like, what? Like, like I, I get like people like underdogs. I'm, I'm a big underdog supporter. Like last night, I came out of my chair for the Rays game. Like, I, I love underdogs. But there's a reality to life that, like, you know, like if they throw the Wanderers up against like Real Madrid. Like, like you know, you're gonna go for the Wanderers, but it's not gonna go how you want it to. But you can pick the Wanderers all you want. I think that's what happened. You guys also like. I know Chris took Khabib with me. Did any other rest of you guys do it? I didn't look at. I didn't see all your picks. Only I actually like dropped the ball because I meant to send him to Anthony, and so I yeah. Uh, yeah, but, but you said before the fight, you're like, I'm definitely taking Khabib. There's no. Yeah. Way. Oh yeah. I remember reading that. What about Kenneth? Definitely took Gagey. I saw yours. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you had Khabib too. Oh, okay. Yeah. So only Kenneth picked Gagey. So I'm looking at you, Kenneth. <laughs> I'm curious though, Kenneth. Like, like what, what, what did you see? Like what, what? What convinced you that Gaethje had a chance? Yeah. Um, the way that his game evolved, and um, because he knew exactly what he was going to face, I thought that it's like I said in, in the group chat. It's like having an exam, knowing what's going to be in the exam paper, being given all the previous wrong answers, and knowing exactly what you have to do. And he went in and he didn't implement any of his game plan, apart from the leg kicks. He didn't implement any of his game plan at all. He. Khabib got in his face, pressured him, chased him around, jumped with knees, and out-punched Gaethje. Um, it was an exciting fight for Khabib. I couldn't believe that I say this, but it was an exciting fight. But the reason I thought that Gaethje was going to win was, I just thought, the evolution of his own game, and not exactly what he was going to face, that he would be able to get up if he was taken down, and he wasn't, as we saw. What, what he just said is accurate, but I feel like I could sit here and... Uh, I don't know. I think it's something really difficult. Like, I get there and know I'm about to do a triathlon, but I'm probably going to pass out on the first leg and die. And <laughs> that's exactly what happened to Gage. He knew – everyone knows what Khabib's going to do. It's not a secret. He's going to go out there and he's going to bull rush you and bully you for about four or five minutes before you, like, you know, you break and then you fall and then you lose. Although I do feel – I know me and Chris went back and forth during the fight. I feel like he did tap out. I watched the replay. I still feel like he was tapping. Oh, whatever. I, I, it was a weird one. Like, when I rewatched it this morning, it's hard to get that one out for some reason um i i kind of agree with you steve i, I was saying that they kind of looked like they were just like these winded punches like he was actually blacking out trying to like you know what i mean but when i rewatched like it was like between, like this. he was trying to tap and was winding yeah. out this is what i'm yeah. saying so like what i thought were literally like winded punches turned to taps were literally i think all taps he was just yeah, like yeah. and he, he Khabib had his airwaves gone yeah like like i was saying to the guys at work yeah and, and like I was saying to the guys at work, Khabib had his airwaves blocked before he was trying to pick him up. Like Khabib was literally like, this is the Hail Mary. Can I get him up 
maybe three, four feet, and then I'll drop him. And Khabib was like a spider on a web. Like, he wasn't going anywhere. So, um, I, I mean, I, I don't know if you guys agree with me, but it's quite crazy to think that that might have been his best performance of his entire career. Definitely, yeah. I, I totally agree with you on that. I, I think every Khabib performance is very similar. So, if it, if the triangle was really impressive. Obviously, that, that, was, that one was different. I thought that performance was different. I thought that was an exciting play. I, th- I thought it was different too, Kenneth. I thought, like, you know, even Gaethje took some risks and had Khabib wobbling a little bit. Like, you were talking about the leg kicks. It was probably the only part of his game that he followed through on. And he actually had Khabib wobble and stepping back here and there. But I felt like Gaethje's game plan, you were talking about game plan leading in. I think Gaethje's game plan was that Khabib was going to give him more space and respect. Or, sorry, Khabib was going to give him more space and respect. Khabib got in his face. Like, he was relentless as hell. And he didn't really have to. It was just a matter of, I think that he was giving Gaethje a little more respect than we thought. And Justin just didn't know what the hell to do. When you've got this bear in your face coming at you with arms and legs, the only thing he could do was throw that leg kick to create space. But he was throwing the leg kick and then putting his back on the fence almost. It was just like watching an amateur versus the greatest of all time. And that's what Khabib is. He makes... Um, extraordinary fighters look extremely ordinary, and that was an example. You guys can you guys can disagree with me if you want, but like there was points in that fight where like Gaethje hit him really square, and he just yeah. kept coming forward. And like the, the most telling point of the fight was near the end, is that like Gaethje kind of gets the better of the takedown, and then Khabib just throws him on his stomach, like no, you're gonna take this. <laughs> it was like it was like I was watching a man throw a child. He's like no 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 no, oh down you go, and then like I'll do what I want to you from here on out, and that's. Like the first time he took him down, he passed his guard almost immediately. I was like, oh, God. This is, this it took four and a half minutes. Four and a half minutes to get to that point, which I haven't yeah, seen. He, well, he, he, I, think, I think he stuffed his first takedown. And then Khabib was like, well, I'm getting the better of him on our feet, too. So I don't really need to take him down. And like, that was Connor. Like, that was point one. Yeah. Actually, that's a very good point. I was just going to say that. That was like point one where Gaethje looked a little bit winded. I thought Gaethje's cardio was actually fantastic. It's just you're fighting Khabib. So you'll look ordinary. But mm-hmm. that was the first time he looked, looked winded. And I think that's when you saw Khabib for nearly two minutes, just pacing his hands, kind of looking for a spot. And I was saying to my grandfather, he's just waiting for that one shot. And when he gets that one shot, the fight's over because Gaethje's going to use up all his energy trying to get up. And oh, man. it was to script. It was absolutely to script. Like Kenneth said, four and a half minutes. Yeah, it, 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 it took a little bit longer. But again, that's what I was just talking about with respect. I think the Khabib legitimately respected Gaethje more than any opponent. And I think that's why we saw a different level because he knew he had to elevate to that point. Actually, I have a question before Anthony goes on to another one. Um, I don't know who said it in the chat, but you guys said something like he's not going to pull a Silva, which I completely agree with. But how long do you guys think Khabib's peak would still be if he's, you know, retired? Five, six years, I'd say, at least. I think he had another five, six years of dominance in him. What, 32 years old? He's 29. No, he's 32. He looks like a monk. He only just just trains all the time as well. Yeah, he's got as many years as he wants. I think the biggest thing I said about he's not going to end up like Silva is just in the same reason I think why me and Kenneth thought Gaethje may have a shot. Like, I picked Khabib, but it was a hard pick for me. Like, all week you're looking for that chink in the armor of Khabib and, like, I seen him at the weigh-ins. He looked drawn out, and it was a hard cut. I'm like, oh, this may be the thing. And then Gaethje lands a few leg kicks. I'm like, oh, that may be the thing. Like, and same thing with Silva. Like, you're like, this is the guy. He may have it. You're when you're at that 
pinnacle. You're just constantly looking for the thing that's going to topple them. And I, I, with Khabib, you never got to see that. And I think it's, it's a good time to step out. Yeah, he may have had four or five good years left, but he starts to peter out and then that shine's taken off of him. I don't think Khabib and Anderson Silver are very like fair description. I think it would be like a George St. Pierre Khabib. I think it's a more relentless pressure. Just in the the build up and the had the dominance that they were at that point. Like, are, it, are we are we oh, applying GSP didn't have dominance? Like, oh no, GSP no, dominance. G- sure. GSP's is his GSP's trajectory. Like he GSP got to go out on a high almost twice. When you think about it, like he went out on his terms. I feel like Silva's just chasing money. And you yeah. guys are just talking about like Khabib doesn't need the money. And I slept on that one. Like, I mean, after the fight in the chat, I was saying, you know, maybe he comes back for the money. You know, maybe his team needs some millions down the road. You know, I thought about it like, you know, that's Khabib. You know, he can start a t-shirt business next month and make millions off of that because he, you know, there's still a popularity to somebody who like Kenneth was saying, isn't particularly entertaining. He still has an aura that people are drawn to, which is why it's, kind of disappointing that he's retired as he almost he's young as he did but you know what else does he have to prove and you know that that's that's pretty much the bottom line for me like I think he's legit gone so here's the thing is that like normally with fighters retirements I don't buy it I, I didn't John Jones and Conor McGregor retire in 2020 like they're both gonna fight again but like they both <laughs> retired in this 25 year cycle that is 2020 right Shit, like, even even like, Leon Edwards said that he might not fight again if the UFC didn't give him a fight now he's fighting freaking Shemayev so it's like I, I don't even know who that Masvidal? is Masvidal didn't Masvidal say that he was gonna walk yeah they, Dude, they, like, they, all, they, all, they all keep threatening if fighters like it's like wrestlers they all, they all retire and brother and then they're like no nah, actually you're back in three months because John Jones said, like, I'm done, I'm out, I'm done. I'm going to do this blow and run over pregnant women in my car. This is my life now. Respect that choice. And he's back. I think he's going up to heavyweight now. So, like, he can like, – It looks like it unless um, so he's, got a, he's got to lay off the blow. Which I don't his, think diet, is right? going to happen. If Would you say so? Um, no, no because John Jones is like – I mean, he's going to heavyweight now, isn't he? Yeah, unless I think the only fight that keeps him at light heavyweight is if Adesanya moves up. And, yeah. you know, I, it, it actually, I, I said after, because after the fight happened, everybody was joking about, not joking, I guess people were actually being serious about it, um, of that fight happening. And I was just like, come on, guys, you guys are dumb. You don't watch this shit. This is not going to happen. And then as the days and weeks went by, even Adesanya's flirted about it a little bit. And Jones seems susceptible to it. There's money there. And, you know, there's no belt on the line. It's just John Jones adding a notch to his greatest of all time legacy. And it's Adesanya showing that he's ready to fight anybody whenever the hell he wants. So even if he takes that loss, it's not going to hurt his legacy because it's not at his, it's not at his weight. So um, I actually, I, I want to go back really quick to what you were saying, Jimmy, you were talking about how Khabib kind of looked like winded during the weigh-ins, like even pre-fight, there was just a different kind of uh, aura to him, less focus. Um, and I, after the fight, Dana White actually mentioned it. It smelled like an upset, I think was the quote that he mentioned. And I actually felt the same way when them leg kicks were landing and Khabib had that one, that one where he kind of like twisted off a little bit. I said, shit, this might be the moment. So I think that Gaethje, despite getting absolutely positively dominated, um, put a good enough account of himself that if Dana puts like this faux semifinal thing together to try to find out who the two guys are going to be to fight for the belt in the future. He's still in the, he's still in the competition. He's still in the conversation. No question. But um, I just wanted to like uh, reiterate what Jimmy was just saying about that, because even Dana noticed it. And I think it's a testament to Khabib. Um, His father is, is, it was clearly everything to him. 
and he was overcoming something that, you know, I don't know if any of you guys have lost mothers or fathers or anything, but like, it's something that we can't really comprehend unless it happens to us. And he lived it through this fight. You could feel it, the emotion after he finally finished him off. Um, it's, it's quite remarkable to me. To, what's that? I was just saying, especially where even with his father, it's tied into that sport. Everything, exactly. Memories are in that cage. So, yeah. I think, I think Gaethje even said something after the fact that, like, that was the reason he took the fight was just, like, you know, to honor this man. Like, yeah. you're literally the guy who's on the other end of the last fight of Khabib's career. The thing with Khabib is, is mentally he's unstoppable. And, and I think that's the only – you're talking about chinks in the armor. You know, that was the only thing that Connor really – did was get under Khabib's skin. Nobody's really ever gotten under Khabib's skin. Connor kind of did it, but all he did was just awaken a bigger bear. Yeah. Um, I felt like this didn't have that like hype, that that disrespectful conversation. There was none of that. And I think it was it was a good, genuine example of martial arts. And and that's why I was saying I think Gaethje put in a good enough example of himself that he's just a, a, a fight or two away from having that belt around his waist. I'll just say, uh, why I think Gaethje lost from Steve's account, when he caught Khabib clean and Khabib took it, that's when you could see the soul leave and go, oh crap, I'm facing John Wick here. Not like I'm going <laughs> to catch him with. He's going to hoard. He's going to hoard. Well, I'm a few hours ahead of you guys. We've been reading the reports from the coaches and so on. In the lead up to it, so Jimmy, this will give you an example of why Khabib looked the way he did had to weigh in. He had the mumps two weeks ago. There was staph infections in the camp. And he broke his little oh, toe. And he broke his foot. I did see the foot. Yeah, yeah. Toe too. Anything that could go wrong in camp was going wrong in camp for this. And if, if I had been Gaethje and no one was just thinking, yes, this is going to be my time. Yes, I'm definitely going to beat this guy. He is not going to take my power. He is not going to be prepared. He is going to be drained. He's not going to be 100% coming to this fight. And what did he face? He faced a beast that chased him around the ring, stayed in his face the whole time, true flying knees at him. And then, as Steve said, tossed him to the ground and just treated him like a victim for as long as he wanted. And we just couldn't believe it. But reading the reports afterwards, how did he go into that fight and do what he did? And that's why I should have been more disappointed with just engaging or not being able to put Khabib away. Or are we just more impressed with Khabib? A fight I never liked. I never liked, never thought he was entertaining. But that fight there, he entertained the hell out of us. He put on the show. The show I want to I I make one point here. So, like, everyone's talking about what he did, like it was somehow extraordinary. But I have this really popular theory that I guess is kind of xenophobic, but it's actually crazy. Russians aren't regular human beings. They're an evolved species. The hardships they endure, the life they live, they're they're, they're not built like regular, fragile North Americans. Like, Khabib can break both feet, broke both hands, his nose, his jaw, and possibly one of his vertebrae, and he would probably still have dominated that fight. There's a survival instinct in those people. Steve was watching there. Steve was watching Rocky Four just before this. <laughs> oh, you know, like, if you look at the history of the Russian people, and in combat sports, it shows like boxing, greatest forget combat. combat, forget every combat. Well, everything. Well, that was true. Ever been in? 
It's true. It's like, hey, we're getting invaded by France. All right, burn the whole countryside. <laughs> <laughs> like, everybody starves. We'll starve. They'll starve. Whoever starves first wins loses, I guess. But like, it's probably going to be the French people because they're used to eating, and we're Russians. We don't eat, so it's okay. <laughs> like, it's nuts. So like, you could have taken a baseball What's bat there? to Khabib on his walkout. He probably still would have dominated that guy. Their willpower and strength, like I said, they're not regular humans. I don't mean it as a negative. They're not lesser. I think they're greater than. I, if, if, like, I will fight anything on Earth, but if a Russian steps in front of me, I will. So, if you are somebody in that division, hey, hey, I just, just want to put an exclamation point and say, Artem Lovov, the Russian hammer. Yeah. Any one of us would beat the crap out of him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've been in there with low level pros. No, we could not. <laughs> Is this, Ken, has this turned into a call out video? <laughs> Flood Loba. Love it. Love it. Castro gets knocked out in 30 seconds every time. I just don't want anything to do with people that aren't afraid to get hurt. And you know what? That sums it up right there. Like you were talking about Khabib getting hit square. He wanted that. Legit. Like it's. It's something. The same thing with Connor. Like Connor landed a few ones, and every time Connor landed, Khabib just leveled up. That so. was my first real experience with Khabib was the Connor fight. Like the first time really like focusing on him. And I remember Connor hit him square like three or four times and he didn't flinch. I'm like, Connor's a dead man. <laughs> and at that point, like Connor was hitting guys at like one touch sleepy modes and like he hit Khabib square. Khabib was like, best you got. Watch this. It came like forward. I was like, oh, okay. So that that's one dead little you're leprechaun. All right, me. cool. Like, yeah. Yeah, you're done. You're done. You. Thank Thank you. Honor is he's seen a lot of those big knockouts and they were against guys that he had a big size advantage of. And then when he got Eddie Alvarez, Eddie Alvarez was like as good as he was, he was far from his prime at that point in time. Mm -hmm. And then after that, you see him fighting at 170 and like, I, I just don't see how he's even in that list of 155ers. Mm -hmm. He should be, what is he ranked fourth now? Like he went up in the ranking after Dan Hooker lost there a couple of weeks ago. He jumped Hooker to from fifth to fourth. Yeah, it just doesn't make any sense to me. Connor did. He shouldn't be even yeah. in the top ten at this point in time. It, it's the strangest. Ranked. Yeah, it's strange. It's, it's, it's almost like there's popularity, right? It's, it's a, and that's it, Steve. There must be something under the table there in terms of popularity. Yeah. Like you have to as well. You remember for two years, Khabib actually went up and down in the top four without fighting. As people were knocking each other out in the lightweight division and submitting each other, and we had great, great fights. And we just had this guy's name sitting there, Khabib Magomedov, and people were who's that guy? Oh, Russian wrestler, geezer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he comes back, <laughs> and the AKA, the American Kickback and the Pox Academy, they seem to have a lot of problems with injuries going back, if you remember, 10 years ago, or even seven or eight years ago. The fighters were always pulling out being injured. We saw yeah. that out, and he came back, stayed healthy, and just destroyed everybody the same way over and over again. But yeah, that's the, the, the UFC rankings are just a disgrace. Uh, the way fighters can stay there without they being active. They almost need a reform or they just need to get rid of them. Like Dana, or get rid of Dana needs, White, maybe. Just. Well, I mean, yes and no, but I think I think you know I'm not the biggest fan of the man, but he's done incredible over the last six months to maximize these guys' um, opportunities. Like I was just talking about Leon Edwards, even he was on his way out. Oh, what's that face say, Steve? You don't agree? I don't think Dana White does anything with the fighters. I don't think. No, 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 no. I, 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 to your point, yes, you're right, but he didn't have to do what he's doing right now. 
And I think that's what he's saying too, in terms of the fighters, like if you don't want to fight, you don't have to fight. Um, I think that the fighters and Dana have found a really healthy halfway point because you know, these guys are getting paid way more than they normally would without a gate. So I know they still deserve to get paid way more. Um, they got hoard for like 10, 15 years. They, yeah. The UFC strangled off all other sources of revenue and made them dependent. Like, here's $1,400 to show and $1,400 to win. Yeah, oh, by the way, your training camp costs $1,000 a month. Oh, and the commission takes their cut. Oh, by the way, fight's over. Here's 75 cents. Oh, you got a broken job? Well, we don't have health care coverage. You're preaching to like, the choir. Got knocked out then. Like, they don't you're, like you're, you're preaching to the choir, but here's what I'm saying. COVID happened. Fight Island's happened. No fans have happened. And I think the Reebok deal is up next year. I could be wrong. Yeah. I don't know if the – yeah. They so – What's that? Sorry, Jimmy? Venom D is the new clothing line. Yeah. And they were saying that Venom. Venom. The... What the fuck is Venom? <laughs> it's uh, – Hold on. Hold on. For, for, for your listeners out here, there's nobody more up on clothing lines and, like, Nikes and – things of that nature in this chat to me right now let me ask the question what the fuck is venom? <laughs> it's a fight gear company like it's is it like sold at target or something like what the fuck is it like you watch kingdom all the you watch kingdom what the fuck is kingdom oh, oh bro it's a great show. series of it quick, quickly someone give me a five second synopsis of what the fuck kingdom is a boy band guy being tough as shit Backstreet Boys and Fight Club. Yeah, because the the thing is, when you see who's in the show, it throws people off. But you actually have to sit down and watch the show, and you're like, "Fuck, okay." Yeah, but um, it's my heels. Makes But yeah, but my 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 point is, is like, as I show you the uh, uh, the their logo, Steve, you'll actually recognize it, and you'll be like, "Ah, that shit." Will not recognize it. I will. I can't. Let me just Google it. I can't see that on the phone. Oh, yeah. it's like what Lesnar used to wear. Yeah. yeah. So here's. So here's oh. the deal. I, I wow. think as a. I think as a part of the deal, there's tons more creative control for the fighters, where they're actually going to be able to put a sponsor on the Venom gear. And, and I think that spell her names correctly too. So. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Um, so I. I, I Again, I, I don't want to give the man any credit, but I think the future is in the fighters' hands because you see all these other promotions are actually starting to grow again, and it's not like the UFC can just buy these promotions anymore. Once upon a time, they could. Now, the you know these guys are making more fighting in Russia, fighting overseas than they are in the UFC, and this is why Michael Chandler took the years he took to get over there, and you know now he's making the big ass payday, going to be fighting in the UFC, but he was making more fucking money fighting over there. There's a reason why Fedor never bothered to come to the UFC because Bellator was paying him up the ass. So, I mean, and an elite C and everybody else that he fought for, like it was like there's just money that, that Dana doesn't want to give his fighters. So, like I'll, I'll never give him credit, but I feel like the next two, three years we're going to see a shift that goes into the fighters' hands. And we were just talking about you know retirements, real or not, John Jones, all these guys. I think these are power moves because these guys can go to these other countries to the top, make millions in endorsement deals that the UFC doesn't allow them to, to, to take in. So um, I think that Dana's hands are going to be tied in the next year or two. And I think that's why Fight Island is going to be really key because there's more sponsorship. There's more freedom in Fight Island than if he's fighting in New York or if he's fighting in Nevada or California or stuff like that. So, Can it, we're recording here. Can they keep the troops out? I'm joking. <laughs> so, 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 MMA. 
so, so Jimmy, so what does this mean for the division itself? Like, I mean, obviously everybody's probably a little bit happy that Khabib is gone because it makes it easier for them, I suppose. But like, who's going to be the who's going to be the, the, the shakers and the makers in the uh, in the division now? The the top ten is still the top ten, and it's an exciting top ten. You have Gaethje, you have Michael Chandler now, which I've been the biggest Chandler fan for so long. Like the fight where he was stumbling around, his ankle half falling apart, he was like stomping on it, trying to get going again. Like that that man's a psychopath, and <laughs> the guys that are coming up too. Like it's so many good fighters in that division, and. Like, Tony Ferguson ta- took a whooping, but he's still fucking Tony Ferguson. Like, you're, you're not going to just go through that guy. So, it's not just a good division as far as there's some great fighters. It's still a really exciting marquee division. And I think that there's going to be more people coming into that. And as far as Khabib going, there's all these Khabib-esque guys dropping in all the other divisions. Like, to me, I've looked uh, like – He's in 170 and 185. Like he's going through people like crazy. And uh, Ankalev that knocked out uh, Kutalaba last night. He looks like a one. And uh, yeah, second time exactly. Which was cool. Dana doesn't normally give rematches to like lower card competition. I thought that was really entertaining because I never, I never saw their first fight. Didn't really have much of a backstory on either fighter. And you know, I looked back and I was just like, Dana's giving these guys a rematch? Okay. One of these guys are killing someone within the first 30 seconds. And lo and behold. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He's going to be somebody at 205 that's going to be strapped to a, sky, a rocket. And, I mean, I, I group them in with those guys. Not really from there, but Zabit at 145. Like, there's another guy that's an absolute animal. Like, so I think they – touching sort of on what Steve said about the Russians, their, their culture, like it is a hard, like nosed people. And the same as any combat sport. If you pick a poor place in the world, they're going to fight. They're going to like, that's how they come up. Like people in martial arts or boxing they're they don't come from rich families. They come from families that are, Put through the ringer, basically. Yeah. So, like, Chris Rock has a routine from, like, an early routine of his called Born Suspect, where he said, like, the lower you go on the social scale, the better you fight. So, for every white guy, there's a black guy ready to whip his ass. For every black guy, there's a Mexican guy ready to whip his ass. And for every every Mexican guy, there's a Native American waiting to kick that ass. Like, it's just, like, it's a joke, but, like socioeconomics play into like the quality. There is a truth to it, yeah. Yeah, and it, like it, it sounds racist and awful, but that's I'm just reiterating a black guy's joke. But it's like Russia has Michael faced Scott. so many hurt. Yeah. <laughs> diversity training. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely diversity training, yeah. It's probably not the most like PC thing to say in 2020, but the joke still stands. Because the, the joke opens up where he's like, man, I watched Rocky Four the other day. Two white boys fighting for the heavyweight championship of the world. Man, that Spielberg's something. Because, like, it shit would never happen. <laughs> When's the last time you saw two white guys fighting for a world heavyweight title? Oh like, love it. Love it. That's great. I guess kind of like to follow up what Anthony was saying, what do you guys think Dana does with the light heavyweight division, like, or the lightweight division, sorry? Like, does he do, like, a mini tournament like I was talking about earlier? Does he just literally throw two guys in with the belt on the line? 
Um, what what do you think he does? Like, how do you think he approaches it? Has he, he, he ever done a title tournament? I'm sorry to. Well, no, not not a literal title tournament, but. Sorry. No, 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 no. That's not really what I'm getting at. But it's like you know how he'll. Gaethje is the number one guy still. And then you've got yeah. Ferguson in the mix. I know Poirier is about to fight McGregor, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Like, do you think that Dana takes his time to crown the next champion? Like, do you think he has, quote, unquote, a semifinal fight, four guys, the winners face each other for the belt? Or do you think he's trying to get that belt around someone's waist ASAP? I think it's just with Gagey. Like, he, he beat the stuffing out of Ferguson. He lost to Khabib. Khabib was gone. Second man in line. He was the interim champion going into the fight. Just make him like, you know, you lost, but – you lost to probably the best lightweight ever. Well, not probably. You lost to the best lightweight ever. So just keep the belt. Like, you just... I have a feeling it's going to be let's try to get a belt around Conor McGregor again. And if Conor McGregor beats I, oh, Dustin Poirier, he's going to have to fight Gaethje or Chandler. That's exactly what I was about Conor to Conor McGregor versus Tony Ferguson would be an interesting, interesting It fight. would be, but I don't I think Conor wants that because I think Conor actually could get caught slipping in that fight. I, I think mean, Conor can get sl- caught slipping by any of these Any guys. of them. That's, that's, that's facts. Yeah. But I think in terms of Conor's self-confidence, yeah, he's not scared of anybody, but I, I, I feel like he's going to take him. Next. Me too. Honestly, yeah. me too. I, I think that that's – Sorry. There's a thing when Conor fought Poirier and Alvarez, and they were shit. They were like, "What? Who is this guy? What the hell is he saying?" And they were not themselves in the fight. Poirier could have beaten McGregor back then. Alvarez could have beaten McGregor back then if they were themselves on top of their game. But they said themselves, he got in their head, and they weren't themselves going into the fight. That aura of invincibility, that aura of the crazy man, is gone from McGregor now. Now he's more a figure of what the hell is that moron doing outside the octagon. When he comes in, they're going to, they're going to say, I saw beat, smack you on your ass. We're an overhand right that was telegraphed from like miles away. And then you got you, you tapped to a neck crank. You weren't even choked. You tapped, so they're not going to be scared of McGregor now. McGregor will have to put on some show of dominance against whoever he fights next, probably party age, January 24th to get the respect of the division again. But I don't think he has the respect of the division as a fighter now, the way he did up till 2016. Because after that, it's just been freak shows. Freak shows and getting mauled by Khabib. Um, so the fighters aren't going to be scared in any way, shape or form. So it's, it's going to be interesting to see, like, Connor come back from his 15th retirement, as Steve was kind of alluding to. But do you think that... Um, everybody's going to be kind of tainted now because Khabib has retired. It's going to be like, well, you know, you're the champion, but the main man is gone. You know what I mean? Do you think that's going to be always just hanging over the division? That's actually a good question um, because it does happen in other sports where like the star, like the Rockets back to back, for example, when Michael was retired, people, I, I don't know, Steve, you're a basketball, more of a basketball guy. Whoa, than me. Hold on, whoa, whoa, what are you comparing to the Rockets going back to back? I got distracted. I'm sorry. Restart it. No, so the fact that Michael wasn't playing in that first year and the second year, he was more or less hung over when he came back. People don't respect the Rockets back to back as much as they should because Michael wasn't in the way. So basically what Anthony is saying is, is the next champion or two in the division going to be respected because Khabib is not in the picture? 
Yeah, because like no. we have, we have no, we have short attention spans in 2020. So no, like, like in 1994, 95, the basketball reference you're making would be valid and fair. But like people respect the Rockets because the Knicks used to take the the Bulls and Jordan right to the limit every time, and the Rockets did the exact same thing and won. The next year, Shaq and Penny and them beat Michael, whether he was half Michael or whatever Michael. The Bulls went out and got like Dennis Rodman and got better the next year to become like that mythic team. So like I don't think I I never looked at the Rockets as lesser champions it's just like i don't look at this year's lakers like lesser champions you win you win and if like i think right now gaethje versus whoever the hell they want should be the next title fight gaethje's probably okay he didn't take a lot of damage in that fight he could probably fight again in like a month and a half or two months really he won't but he probably could like he, he did get choked on there's three months gone. yeah I, I was gonna say i think that if they um if they actually registered him unconscious, regardless of where you are in the world, that's like Dana's rule, 90 day. 90 day suspension. Suspension. You get like checked every two weeks, neurologically, concussion, spinal, all this other stuff to make sure that you're, you're going to be fit. And I think they can cut it in Nevada after 60 days. Again, I might be talking out of my ass. I know it's oh, one no, of three like months, the, Three months is a perfectly reasonable time yeah. for his next fight. Like that's not, I, I was saying like. sense. You could even I, fight on the Connor card. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, like that's he, three months from now, so yeah. Khabib hit him, what, four times? Maybe nothing wobbled him. It was all grappling where he got manhandled. So, I mean, did he go unconscious? I assume he did. I, I could. I was, I was not really paying attention by the time the fight was over. By the time he locked that triangle in, I, 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 was, I, I tuned out. That was over. It was – triangle chokes my favorite submission in MMA, by the way. So, yeah. Yeah, funny because we had a technical submission last night, and I was like, "It's a scary one." <laughs> it didn't look good. Well, you saw, you guys saw my comments in the group chat. Like, what the fuck is wrong with the sport where they still can't figure this out? Because like, you got like Gaethje like reaching all over Khabib's body, tapping. Khabib's looking up like he's tapping, and the ref's like, "No, no, no, he's still in the fight." And then like, the, you just see the arm go limp, and he drops. I'm like, okay, let him go. Like, he's gonna die. But it, it, I, I've been watching. I, I I used to be a hardcore UFC guy. I think I watched every UFC from like. 50 to like 130 uh, hardcore every month 60 bucks or 80 bucks for the hd version just, here you go take my money and i think i just got tired of watching it because of like stupid things like i saw last night like i remember watching who was it cyborg one time fought somebody and she knocked the girl out and she went to celebrate on top of the cage and the ref told her to come back and knock her out again yeah, <laughs> and i was like i was like yo like this sport is for fucking more like I, I get it they all have like you know roses and thorns and skeletons on their t-shirts and it's not the sharpest knives in the drawer everywhere but like i'm like i can't take this sport seriously like that's just what it is like boxing has gone through that phase with me a few times too in my life where like i can't take this sport seriously anymore it's run so poorly and dana white is like it's funny because i've met dana white and he was a super nice guy when the ufc was growing like when like back in like 2007 2008 when i met him he was a super nice guy very approachable like was just really really passionate about what he was doing and then he got filthy stinking rich and just became like the lowest common denominator of human being. And I, I, that's watching that fight last night reminded me why I don't watch the sport as much anymore. Cause I saw a dude go unconscious and no one did a damn thing about it until it was too late. And I was, I was just disgusted. I was like, Ooh, why don't people keep watching? This? So and a few weeks ago, a few weeks ago, you had uh, Dan Hardy screaming at a referee to stop a fight. Cause a fighter is out on the ground getting pummeled. They like, stop the fight. He's out. Stop before he's out. And afterwards, the referee goes to Dan Hardy and says, don't interrupt again. Do not shut out of the cage again. Dan Hardy has to apologize. They're threatening him, they're fine him, and all he goes, the guy was out getting the head smashed off him. Everybody's screaming, fuck the fight. Which is and ridiculous because it was a full Hardy. arena. Oh, sorry. Sorry, Kenneth, go ahead. No, it was, it was an empty arena. It was an empty arena. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. 
and everybody could see the fighter was out on the grounds just getting pummeled. And uh, because I cannot remember the referee's name because of who it was, people were saying, "Well, you know, after big John McCarty, that's he's the, the best referee around now. He, he's more qualified to make the calls." But the more I watched the fight back, I just saw a guy unconscious getting danced all over. Like uh, it was just wrong. And Dana White says we're going to do this with the referees. We're going to talk to the commission about this with the referees. They haven't done that. The referees are still making the same bad calls. Oh. The referee was in the wrong position for that. Yes, for that last night. When it, the angle beside the cage, when you look at Gage getting choked, just what you're saying, and Khabib's looking at the ref go, he's out, he's tapping. He was like, where can he see me tapping? Yeah, exactly. He's hitting him all over the place. He's like, he's got the arm going. And I'm like, I'm like, I was like, I was getting visibly angry while watching. Like, he tapped. The first time I'm like, he tapped. Okay, the fight's over. Oh, wait, no, no, he's tapping again. Oh, now he's tapping on his head. Now he's tapping on his chest. Now he's tapping on his arm. How about his yeah. ass? What about his ankle? That's How about more... I tap my own head? Like, he, he, the guy was like, just let me go. And the ref's like, no, no, no. But, like, that problem, I think, comes from, like, rabid moron UFC fans being like, early stoppage, bro, because Chris kind of came at me. He was like, it's not an early stoppage. I'm like, who the fuck was stopping an early stoppage? But so many people complain about early stoppages because they don't fucking clue what happens in a fight to somebody. They're just some fucking idiot that lived their dreams through GSP posters and jerking off the old BJ highlights. Exactly. They don't know. So that's, like, it. that's the only reason watching. I even said it. I'm, I'm he glad was looking at you, Jimmy, when he said that. <laughs> No, no, but I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad. I'm glad you added that footnote, Steve. Because I'm, I'm, I am glad you added that footnote, Steve. Because I think that's completely to your point. I think yeah. there's a, a pressure from the general public, the majority of which are not knowledgeable mixed martial arts fans, no. who pressure the brand to have these highlights almost in a weird way. I don't think it's way. mixed martial arts fans per se. I think it's guys that like watching people get hurt and don't That's understand better. Yeah. How, what happens in a fight because they've never been in a fucking fight. I watched the UFC years ago. I, I remember Stefan Struve. I don't know who Stefan Struve was fighting, but Stefan Struve got his jaw fucking broken. And like people were screaming about like early stoppage. Meanwhile, his teeth are somewhere up around his cheekbones. And I'm like, oh, what are you talking I think it was Roy Nelson. I think it was against Roy Nelson. That his jaw broke. And like early stoppage, bro, early stoppage. I'm like, have you ever been in a fight in your fucking life? Do you know what it looks like when someone gets their jaw broken? Like, like no, bro. Like, you know, I got I got this barbed wire tattoo on my arm. I'm tough, bro. Like, no, dude. Like, his fucking face is like, like just uh, it, UFC fans are actually like the lowest. So I seen a whole bunch of people commenting on that guy getting kicked in the liver last night, and like, oh, that was weak stoppage. Just like, yeah. Have you ever had your body shut down? Literally. I, that's yeah. literally what happened. We watched it this morning. I put the sound up. And when the kick connects, you can hear all the hard Literally. Like I told you guys last night, I was I was um I was preparing supper, so I was watching that fight from the kitchen. And I don't know who said it in the chat, but the way his body dropped, it literally did look like a low blow. But yeah. that's yeah, a, that's a kidney, blow. that's a kidney slash liver shot. Like whether it's in the back or the front, like your body literally like pauses, like your blood pressure stops. You get this instant shoot up your spine. You have Ask no Oscar De La Hoya. Yeah. De La like, Hoya got hit by Bernard Hopkins in the liver and we'd never seen anything like it before. And probably we've only seen it about two or three times since he got hit in the liver and he collapsed. He cried. He pounded the mat. He literally cried. A grown man boxer got hit for a living, cried on the mat, tapping the ground. People are like, they still don't, people don't understand that getting hit in the liver basically shuts your whole fucking body down. He, like, it was one of the most horrifying things you've ever seen. Like, I've never seen a grown man champion for most of his life cry and smack the mat because someone punched him in the side. Like, that's what happened. Like, it was, so like, people are, like seeing that kick in the side and like, oh, early stoppage, bro. Like, like come here. Let a world class kickboxer kick you in the liver real quick. See how you react. 
Like I, no, I, 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 I was confused. No, I was confused by at the time because this is when your book bear, the the tweets popping up in the corner of the screen, mm. and as he threw that kick, a tweet pops up from somebody, and I looked at the tweet. And then I just saw Harris like, I'm falling aside. Like, no, I'm bailing you. Come on, don't, don't go down, don't go down. When it was over and done, it was like, crap, man, you bloody wimp. Took it a toe poke in the, in the stomach and you fucking, you gave up. And then I watched the back and went, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Have any of you guys ever been kicked by like a, a kickboxer? Like just like let a leg, like a, a mild leg kick? Like, well, I've been no kicked one? in a soccer game, which is no, pretty no, no, damn no, no, close, no, 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 bro. No, no, no. So, um, a few, uh, this is years ago, I think it was Ryan Jimmo, rest in peace, by the way. Like, Ryan Jimmo one time, I was like, just, just kick me in the leg, you know? Like, Don't be all you got, but, like, give me, like, give me 50%. And he kicked me in the fucking leg, and I hit the floor. Uh, <laughs> and he didn't give me all. Like, he, he, I literally watched him. Like, he was just kind of, like, he kind of softly turned into it and just let it go. He kicked me right behind the calf, like, right in my calf. I hit the floor. And I probably couldn't stand up for about seven to eight minutes. So I'd imagine someone that, like, a better kicker than Ryan Jimmo, who, by the way, wasn't that great a kicker, recipes again. But I imagine getting kicked by an elite kickboxer in your fucking liver would be the equivalent of, like, a bullet. Like, that's what I feel like it feels like. I, like, because that half leg kick changed my life. I was like, man, I am not making it. Like, I remember I, I was shortly after that was the, um, Aldo Faber fight where he like kicked the light yeah, of his legs. Yeah. See, and I, yeah. I, I remember watching that fight wincing and moaning. I think maybe that was one of my more educated fight yeah. moments where I was like, oh my good lord. Oh man. Oh, oh. I know how that feels. <laughs> that, that, that was like, it was like Michael Myers came to town on Halloween watching that. I was like, oh God. Like I said, I only got half. No, mind you, Jimmo was a lot bigger than um, Jose Aldo was. But if they were like, let Jose Aldo kick you in the legs, I'd be like, you ain't enough money. You can't give me enough money. Uh, Jimmy, well, that's Jimmy, one of the beauties. Did Jimmy say that, that he got kicked as well? Did you yes, get kicked I'll as well? I, well, yeah, I, I used to train out at the Titans, and that's where Ryan Jimmo and yeah. uh, Roger Halt and them used to train. Mm-hmm. And so you, when you were doing light sparring, like I was obviously on the amateur side and stuff, but as you're doing light sparring, you would cycle every two minutes, so in between rounds. And yeah, I'd be sitting there counting down when I had to go against Ryan or fucking uh, Roger Hallett. And it was horrifying. And Ryan Jimmo was the first person that hit me in the liver. And he looked like he was in slow motion. And he just, the look of disappointment on his face when I went down from it. He's just like, uh, I didn't mean to hurt you. And I'm just <laughs> pain in my life. So, yeah. Like, and he broke his leg when he was a kid. So he had this lump on his shin that he would kick you with. Yeah, and it was like it was like a ball peen hammer just going into you everywhere as he touched you. So I work, I work, I worked with him as a bouncer at the palace. That's where it happened to me. But I was like, like, yeah, Ryan, yeah, he could kick. (laughs) Yeah, I'm not saying he was a bad kicker. I'm just saying he may not be the greatest leg kicker in the history of the sport. But like Ryan Jimmo, I think holds still the record for like the fastest debut win in the UFC too. Yeah, he put down Darush in like seven seconds or eight yeah, seconds. Yeah. Like that. yeah, Ryan was a bad, bad man, and uh, it's unfortunate what happened to him. But yeah, yeah. that was oof. that's um, wow. that's that's horrifying and scary. I'd be the same as you, Jimmy. I'd be just like, "Fuck, I'm not doing this ever again." Is that why you stopped going to Titans? Oh no, I did it for years. <laughs> you start to love it after a while. Like, you, you learn how you're supposed to be learning. What is it? Uh, so, yeah, Jimmy's, Jimmy's on, in, on the, the list for a liver transplant. <laughs> oh, <going> God. <laughs> did he punch you in the liver? Or did he punch you in the liver? 
No, he kicked me in the liver. Oh. It was just, and it was through shin guards and everything. Like it was just a nice little, and it put me down so fast just because he knew exactly where he was hitting you at all times. Yeah. I think the best example was uh, Alistair Overeem and Brock Lesnar. You remember that fight? Was that liver had, shot or was that just a gut shot? That was 20 gut shots and four or five liver shots. So yeah. I think yeah. Lesnar did so. But yeah. when he yeah. hit him, you could see him ripple through Lesnar's body. It was like, it was like something from like, like a crash test dummy in a car. <laughs> you can just see the ripples of pain coming through his body. It's like, oh, man. And then he does it again and again. Like he's not coming back to the UFC ever. He did. <laughs> he did. He just got juiced up first. <laughs> so, so just to kind of wrap things up here, guys, we're all, almost at the hour mark. Uh, what's the next big fight uh, in this division, and um, who do you think is going to be the the next champion? Gaethje, I guess. Yeah, like I, I kind of agree. Like Gaethje did well, and whoever he fights whether Dana does like a two for one or straight up, I think that he's got the hunger to win the belt. Um, but Poirier McGregor set something up, which is why I think that that's the match that's in play. Whoever wins that might fight Gaethje um, or Gaethje gets booked. Like you guys were saying within three, maybe on the same card. Um, I don't even know Ga- Gaethje Ferguson or, or whoever. I know there's a couple of Brazilian guys in the division. My whole like brain is like blanking on names right now, but um, the, the, the division is still pretty stacked. And I think that it, it's a matter of what that happens with that Connor Poirier fight. If it's something for the division, or if it's just kind of a glamor fight for Connor to make his bucks and then move back to Manny Pacquiao or whatever the hell's <laughs> happening. Um, I mean, not to veer off topic with what you just asked Anthony, but I'm really interested to see what happens with middleweight um, because Whitaker whooped friggin' Cannon's ass um, yeah. You know, Cannon did well in the first round defensively, but I thought the last – actually, you know what? Cannon won the third round, but yeah. I thought yeah. Whitaker still, like, controlled his space quite well and, and just took controlled shots. Um, I'm really interested to fights. see what happens in the middleweight division. I only saw two fights. I thought the Whitaker fight was much closer than I think you just described it. I think no, it, no it, it was close. I was, I, actually, I was very yeah. worried. I think I said it in the chat. I was very worried that the judges were actually going to score Cannon's defense in the first round. Correct me if I'm wrong, Jimmy, Kenneth, like you guys are more into this than me, but sometimes a, a, a judge will score you for making the other guy miss more than the guy's actual strikes. And I didn't feel like in the first round, Whitaker was actually doing anything to Cannonier. In fact, he was making Cannonier look comfortable and every time Cannonier ended up landing something with his low volume, it actually looked good. So mm-hmm. I knew I, I thought the fight was judged perfectly, but I was really worried that that was what was going to end up happening. It was going to be a split decision for Cannonier. But um, like, do you guys think Whitaker Adesanya is next? I can't. Say. Uh, probably is, but it doesn't need to be. And like that, I that's, think- that's more or less what I mean. Like it doesn't have to be, but. Who else there? Yeah. Adesanya you know, beat all the top middleweights there. So, um, Whitaker, I think, has a problem with hoarding people. <laughs> and he's in the hoard game. He should have finished Cannonier in that fight last night. He did. He, he's a really nice guy, but there's been fights like against Adesanya. He wasn't there. He, was, he wasn't the guy that we fought off with Jacare or Romero. And again, Okay, he's got finishes on, the, on his resume, but I think that if he was a little bit more aggressive, a little bit more not caring about what the, what the other guy has, he can finish. He can finish fights. He should have finished Canary last night. I think he can. 
be Adesanya, as great as Adesanya is, I do think he can be Adesanya. Because I think Adesanya may be getting a little bit apathetic because he's beat everybody in the, the top five, six middleweights. The way he put Costa away in the last fight, and uh, when we were talking about before the Costa fight, and I was saying, people are saying, Costa's going to go, he's going to smash him, he's so slow. So I was like, well, you can't do that against Adesanya because he won't be there when you, when you throw a kick. He's going to have to bum rush him and lay on top of him and make, hold him down and maybe have some success that way, even though he, he has, Costa hasn't done that before. But um, Adesanya, I think, is head and shoulders above everybody else in the middleweight division right now. Whitaker if he changes some stuff, is a little bit more aggressive, has a little bit more of a killer instinct, may be able to challenge him. But I'm not as question on the, on the lightweight division. I think it's about the only division that the UFC don't have to worry about having great matchups right now. Like, if you look at Fly, Feather, Bantam, you know, you'll forget about the, most of the, the, the guys there. Light heavyweight, you've got a big problem because nobody thinks that Jan Blankovic is a real champ. He's just a champ because John Jones is not there. And that goes back to what you were saying. Will the next guy to hold the lightweight title be respected? I don't think he will. I think he's going to have Khabib's shadow behind him the entire time until somebody who hasn't fought Khabib, like Chandler, or somebody that's coming through or coming up, that, that won't have that background with Khabib. When they become champ, I think maybe they'll be respected. Well, Poirier, no. Ferguson, no. McGregor, no. And Gaethje, no. They won't be respected as the true champion. They'll be respected as a champion because Khabib's not there. Okay. And so, I guess I know I know Anthony wanted to wrap it up, but I guess Jimmy or and Steve, I know you're not really into it this much, but like Lucky Lauren, you know, big win and a wicked promo yeah. after the fact. Yeah. Do you think she stands a chance? No. I know, I know. It seems crazy to say out loud, but like, I, I, you know, you guys thought that Gaethje had a chance against Khabib. So, I like, I know, I know, I know. That's why I didn't ask you, Steve, and I know you don't watch as much. So, I didn't I, I, get I actually, I, 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 only, I only saw the two fights last. I, I was working straight up until four, so I only but it was saw the Morpheus was scheduled to fight Cynthia Cavallo, yeah, which would have been a great fight. Cavallo, yeah, fellow, and he put in this generic Russian. Azerbaijani, someone from the car, because somebody would have linked Khabib into the fight. And I, I looked at the woman's record, oh my God, this is just a sacrificial lamb. It's nearly as bad as that Haas fight, the the, the, the third fight in the, uh, on the on the main card. I just thought, like, oh, like, Morphe is not great, but she's been around a long time and has a lot of experience. And all that showed in that fight, whichever way the Azerbaijani was circling, she would cut her off. She would be yeah. out of range with a punch or a kick was strong. She defended the takedown attempts easily and perfectly and then said, right, now I'm going to finish it and finished her. But against Valentina, God, no. <laughs> so, and, uh, again, I know Anthony wants to wrap this up, but do you guys think like Valentina Nunez 3 is the inevitable for Valentina's belt? Yeah. Or do you think that Valentina can tiptoe around that as long as she can yeah. when Nunez retires? A Floyd, Valentina is the best. A Floyd. Yeah. I think, and I think you said that in the chat. You said that that's where she actually stands a chance. Yeah, yeah. If Nunez went to Floyd, Valentina may stand a chance against her, A Floyd because Nunez has no challenger, no real challenger, a featherweight or bantamweight. She's beat them all. And anybody that you bring in now will not be up to the same level, will not have the same experience, will not have the same previous opponents and learn from losses and mistakes the way Nunez has. So no challenger at Federer, definitely. 
no real challenger at Bantam. So if she goes to Floyd to take the, to face Valentina, Valentina will have a chance there at Floyd. But nobody else will have a chance against Valentina at Floyd, I don't think. Yeah, the women's divisions are set right now with their champions. There's, I yeah. don't think the, those belts are changing anytime soon. You look at what Jessica Andrade, where she she dropped from bottom to straw, and she bullied people at straw. When she put out two girls the way she did with that pole driver, uh, and and just smashed her, even though two girls was winning the fight, I just thought, well, she's gonna have that belt for the next five six years. No, it's gonna be there. And then the Chinese girl, Wei Zhang, comes in. We're like, who the hell is she? What is this promotion she's come from? What's going on here? And she uh, it was like a school bully. It was like a sixth year grabbing a twelve year old and just beating him around the schoolyard for their lunch money. So I don't think anybody in Straw is going to be Wally Zhang as long as she stays fit and healthy and clean. Because I'm just looking at her and she's just so huge for a 115-pounder and it's just all muscle. And the size of her when she was fighting in jet check, I was just going, she can't be 115. It's just, there's no way she's 115. When you look at Ian jet check, it was like half her size, barely any of the same muscle mass. And, just, and when she hit her and her head popped, like Frankenstein, I've never seen the like of it in a fight before. I think, how hard is that girl hitting at 115? It's just unreal. The women's divisions are set already. Right. The men's divisions need a lot of work, but maybe not. The lightweight division, we're still going to watch it. Okay, lads. So I really uh, appreciate everybody's input, uh, except for yours, Jimmy. It was nonsense. Uh, <laughs> just fucking around. So yeah, I really appreciate it, man. It was, uh, it was definitely a great way for Khabib to go out. Um, and I think that, I, I, I don't know, I, I think we might see him again. I, I think that he's probably, he's, I think he's just in a very emotional place right now. And uh, maybe two years down the road, we might see something, but hey, that's just me. I'm just an optimist. So uh, I, the, I, I, said the, I said the same thing. I said the same thing. Like, you know, I, money is not a, a motive by any means or stretch, but, you know, if that French fella decides that he wants to, tiptoe with this guy and you know I, I we were talking about money up front and all that other stuff in the chat and and, and you know it might happen I, you know n- n- neither one of them have to but you know uh jim jim costs and jim fees aren't cheap and, and khabib is the master now his father's gone and like like i said we we watched him become his father last night is more or less what it was and i i feel like if he has to come back to fight for his gym whether it's to expose a few guys that are coming up on the undercard or whatever, um, I feel like Khabib might make that sacrifice one more time. So I actually agree with you, Anthony. And I said two years in the chat. So like, I, I just feel like he's going to take care of his mom, work with his boys and girls, and just become his dad. And then maybe, just maybe, something, something might end up in the lake and he might take a bite. Not going to be the French guy. <laughs> I, so. See, that's the thing. Like, I, I want it to be the French guy because it makes sense. But it wasn't at the same time. For fuck. Thanks to Jimmy, Steve, Chris, and Kenneth for hanging out and giving us their insights. The division will certainly be interesting in the next while with Khabib no longer there. Don't forget to check Steve out on the Armchair Commentary Podcast. Uh, he does a great job on there and it's definitely worth checking out. Don't forget to give us a follow on the socials as we really enjoy interacting with everyone. So make sure to head over to Instagram and to Twitter. Hit that follow button on downthepub.ca so you don't miss an episode. Thank you to everyone for your support. It really does mean a lot to us. So until next time, cheers. You've been listening to the Down the Pub podcast, recorded in Halifax, Nova Scotia. 
Head to downthepub.ca to subscribe so you never miss an episode. Until next time, cheers. Cheers.